0: We got the alternative energy. Right.
1: We free free Hello and thanks for tuning in to the Radioactive Show for a healthy dose of anti-nuclear, peace and sustainability issues. My name is Lavanya. Radioactive Show would like to acknowledge that our show is produced in Nam on Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nations and that sovereignty has never been ceded. First up, the latest world and local news on nuclear issues. The Russian state television has broadcast potential nuclear targets in America, claiming their new hypersonic missiles could hit the Pentagon and the Camp David presidential retreat in less than five minutes. The news report followed Vladimir Putin's warning that Russia could target the US if the Trump administration deployed nuclear weapons in Europe. It comes amid rising tensions between the two countries over Donald Trump's plans to withdraw from the 1987 intermediate range Nuclear Forces Treaty. The INF Treaty was signed and ratified by the then-US President Ronald Reagan and Soviet General Secretary Mikhail Gorbachev. The treaty eliminated all of the two nations' short, medium and intermediate range ballistic missiles, cruise missiles and missile launchers. Both the Putin and Trump administrations have accused each other of being in violation of the treaty. Earlier this month, Vladimir Putin gave his approval to plans which include the building of the hypersonic land-based missiles. Last week, Donald Trump said in a statement that the U.S. will move forward with developing its own military response options to Russia's deployment of these banned missiles.
2: We really have no choice. Perhaps we can negotiate a different agreement, adding China and others. Or perhaps we can't, in which case we will outspend and out-innovate all others by far.
1: In Australian news... Documents obtained under the Freedom of Information laws revealed the Defence Department identified a potential risk of terrorist activity at the now-closed Kulimilka dump in Womera in South Australia. The revelation has heightened security concerns about a brand-new waste dump in Kimba or Hawka. Kulimilka dump was closed in 2010 but still houses waste that is anticipated to be transferred to a national facility. A Defence emergency response plan for the site details scenarios that may affect this, including terrorists removing drums to make a dirty bomb, missile and aircraft strikes, fires, floods or a storm in Womera that could damage the building and cause contamination if drums rupture. Defence has said it has no responsibility to inform the public of the risks because the new waste dump is an industry department project. The industry department has said the new dump would pose no security or safety risk to the community and significant detail on the issue has already been made public. This claim is diminished by the Australian Nuclear Science and Technology Organisation's revelation that 14 out of 45 jobs at the new dump would be security and safeguard officers. (laughs) This is the Radioactive Show. Today we will be hearing from Mara Bonacci, anti-waste dump activist and nuclear-free community organiser for Friends of the Earth based out of Adelaide. She will be giving us an update on where community sentiment and the anti-waste dump campaign is at in the light of the upcoming federal election. We are also joined by Lynn Hovey, artist, long-term anti-nukes activist and curator of Mari Arabuna Art Gallery near Mining Town, Roxby Downs. She will be talking to us about her friend Arabanaman Reg Dodd and his new book, Talking Sideways. Hello, Mara, and welcome to the Radio Active show. How are you going today?
0: I'm good, thanks. Left, thanks for having me.
1: So, um, I just thought we'd begin with a bit of an update on the where the essay campaign is at at the moment, because you've been so extensively involved with this for a while now. So, could you tell us a bit about what's going on?
0: Uh, yeah, well, at the moment, um, the process of site selection is on hold because of two separate um, legal proceedings going on. Um, one from the Bungala Determination Aboriginal Corporation, which is BDAC, which is the native title holders for the Kimba area, and the other from Atla, the Adamutna Atla Traditional Lands Association, which is a native title for the Flinders Ranges area. Um, the government, as most of us will know, wanted to run a ballot to gauge community sentiment about the waste dump, and one for the Kimber region and one for the Flinders Ranges District. Um, but it was very limited to who could vote. It was a tight geographic area. And while in both regions, um, non-resident rate payers were able to vote, so owners of the land in Whitefellow way, um, mm-hmm. traditional owners who didn't live in that area weren't going to be able to vote in that ballot. And a lot of people are very connected to country but happen to live maybe in Adelaide or in Port Augusta or even on the east coast, but they're still connected to that country and they didn't get to have a say on what happened on their land. So um just before the ballot was about to start, um at Bungalow um people got a court injunction and that ended up in the Supreme Court. Um, long story short, it got referred to the Human Rights Commission, ended up at the um, Supreme Court in Canberra um, on the 30th of January this year, and we're still waiting on the judge's outcome. I'm not sure where the lodgement with the Human Rights Commission that the um, ATLA put in is at, but we've heard nothing. And in the meantime, both um, ballots, which were being run by the local councils on behalf of the government, have to be put on hold because they can't run a ballot without sorting out who is eligible to vote. Um, So Matt Canavan, the responsible minister, wanted to make a decision on a site by the end of last year. That clearly hasn't happened, Mm -hmm. and it's increasingly looking like he's not going to be able to make a decision this year um, with an an election expected in May, um, because by the time the court stuff gets sorted out, if he does want to run a ballot, it'll take a few weeks to um, get it together, run it for six weeks, it's a postal ballot and then collect, there's, there's no, I can't say that there's any possible way that they can, um, they can um, run that run that ballot or make a decision on the site before um, the next election. Um, so in the meantime, the Department of Industry, uh, Innovation and Science, DIIS, who's been running this show or schmozzle for, um, for the government, um, mm. have had a massive turnover of staff and there's a, a little bit of continuity, but not nothing like what we've had in the um campaigning end of the um side of it, side of it the anti dump side mm-hmm. we've got a lot of institutional lines, a lot of people have been around for a long time, but the staff turnover's ridiculous it can't be a fun job for them. but the locals in Kimber and in the Flinders Rangers make. Um, get a bit of a relationship, tell their story, their point of view to a staff member from the department and then they've got to start all over again when the next person starts. So they're finding that very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in the meantime, everyone's just making a big effort to try and get the Labor Party, who listeners would have heard on last week's show, who adopted a good policy at the national conference last year and a pretty good policy at at the... very good policy at the state level in South Australia to make sure that the Labor Party, if they get um, government after this next election, do take a responsible approach to radioactive waste management in Australia because what's happening now is just unacceptable to all those members of those affected communities and everyone because it is a national issue.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so what do anti-nuclear campaigners think is the better way to go forward from here?
0: Well, what should have been done 30, 40, 50 years ago, really stop, pull the pin on this current process, take all those three sites off the table and have a full independent inquiry into all the options for responsible waste management. The intermediate level waste should stay where it is um, for extended storage until a permanent disposal solution is found. At the moment, they want to move the waste, which is mostly at Lucas Heights where it's produced and also at Woomera. They want to move it from there to a site that they choose and then move it for storage and then dispose of it permanently at some point in the future that they haven't got a plan for. That might be 100 years. Um, So we want them to keep it where it is until they figure out how they're going to dispose of it rather than move it twice. It seems unnecessary and risky and expensive and it's not world's best practice. Um, And we would like this process to stop and have a look at all those options about what is the best way to deal with both the low-level waste and the intermediate waste that Australia has and um, move it once, not twice. We need to have a proper inventory. How much waste do we have? Where is it currently located? What, what is the classification of that waste? There's never been a proper inventory done. So people mm. aren't really well enough informed to decide what we can do. And the government seems to be finding a site. So it's all about a postcode. It's not about the process. And what we want is the government to figure out what the best way to deal with the waste is, not where to put it. They're asking the wrong question and we need them to ask starting the right question.
1: Okay, great. Thanks, Mara. And finally, are there any ways that listeners and supporters and allies of these communities can be involved in this campaign?
0: Absolutely. Um, Contacting your your, uh, local members of, of parliament and saying, look, this is a national issue, I don't think this is acceptable. Um, particularly Labor Party members, um, contacting all the candidates, uh, um, ringing, up, um, ringing up any candidate in your local electorate and say, where do you stand on this waste? Um, it's a national issue. This affects everybody. It's all our waste. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be useful. Um, on the Conservation Council of South Australia website, which is conservationsa.org.au slash nuclear there's a lot of information there and links to a petition to Minister for, Minister Canavan, who's currently the responsible minister. Um, there's a link to an a, a, um, online petition system where you can email, you put in your postcode and you can email your um, local candidate and it does it automatically. For, you could write your own or um, edit the text there or just use the text that's already there. And also the Department of Industry, Innovation and Science is open for submissions until the end of the consultation period which is tied into the end of the court process so it's open-ended at this point. Um, The the department is accepting submissions about this waste dump proposal from everybody. There's an online one on that conservation SA website or you could write your own and the more submissions they get particularly the written on your own version, the better because they need to hear that this is a national issue, people care and it shouldn't be dumped on a random postcode that people think is in the middle of nowhere but it isn't.
1: Okay, thanks for that Mara, thanks for that very insightful and thorough update.
0: Thanks so much love.
1: We just heard "Sunshiny Day from the album A Little Bit of Country by Fitzroy Express, based out of Fitzroy Crossing. Next, we will hear from artist and activist Lynn Hovey about her friend, Arabana-descendant Reg Dodd's new book, Talking Sideways. Hello, Lynne, and welcome to the Radioactive Show. Thank you for uh, joining us today.
2: Hello, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. So, some listeners might already know you, but could you start with telling us a bit about yourself?
2: My name's Lynn Hovey. I'm a painter, an artist, and an activist, an anti-nuclear activist,
1: uh-huh. um,
2: and an environmental activist. I went to Roxby Downs in 1984 and 1985 to try and stop a, the, the biggest mine... <laughs> In the world for, um, uranium ore. And we didn't stop the mine. It, it's obviously gone ahead. Olympic Dam Village is, uh, you know, houses a lot of workers. And it's a uranium, copper and gold mine. When we went, we met Aboriginal people. We met, um, Arabana people, anti uh, Antikarinya people. And we became close to them. Uh, when I say we, um, there was a group of us who I call my Roxby mob. Um, in those days, you had to be in an affinity group to go to a, um, you know, a demonstration to the desert, and so we've stayed close to the local people all this time.
1: And how are you still involved in Roxby Downs, and what's going on down there at the moment? Um,
2: well, Roxby Downs is now fact you know it's now a big part of the economy of that part of South Australia mm-hmm. and some Aboriginal a lot of Aboriginal people are, um, you know their daughters and family are employed by Roxby Dam so it's part and parcel of the local economy um, but um, my little Roxby mob are still involved in that for years we've gone up and Monitor the water extraction because the mine requires a lot of water to wash the ore mm-hmm. and to run the mine. And I help the Arabana people run the Maori Arabana Museum and Art Gallery in Maori. Right. The, the Maori Gallery has um, artwork from the local community, in mm-hmm. particular um, Reg Dodd, who is probably the most senior Arabana living in Maori a photographer and so it's mainly his photographs and my paintings and other people put things in and um, when there's a lot of water in Lake Eyre there's mm-hmm. a lot of tourists go through but um, the rest of the time it's fairly quiet.
1: I see. So um, there's some exciting news for people who can't go to Mari that uh, Reg Dodd's new book called Talking Sideways is coming out soon. Um, it's,
2: you can buy it from March the 5th that's when it will be released.
1: Yeah, and for our Melbourne listeners, Reg Dot is going to be travelling to Melbourne soon to launch his book in Fitzroy Town Hall, which is sold out, but they can go to Eltham for the book launch as well. Is that right?
2: Yes, that's right. They can go to the um, Eltham bookstore mm-hmm. to uh, hear Reg Dot. The, the book is written, it's a it's a conversation between Reg Dot and Malcolm McKinnon. Malcolm McKinnon is mm-hmm. the... The editor or the author, so yeah, they can if they can come to listen to the conversation between Malcolm and Reg and myself on um, Tuesday, March the fifth at um, six thirty at the Eltham Bookshop.
1: Okay, fantastic. So, um, Lynn, can you tell us a bit about what this book is about? Um, well, there's there's been a lot of
2: a lot of books written about how Aboriginal people lived and how they still live in on the Australian land, um, and so I think this book 's a, a good contribution to the debate about um, you know the changing knowledge of of how Aboriginal people managed to live in our land mm-hmm. and it 's called Talking Sideways because Ridge talks about how traditional society used to operate and who you could speak to and who you needed to you know, just the family dynamics of of how um Aboriginal people operated. Mm-hmm. Um Finna Springs, where he grew up, is mm-hmm. um sixty kilometres well, I'm a bit over sixty kilometres, um up the Udnabada track from mari, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it was It was traditional Arabana land, but it was also a pastoral station which was set up by Francis Dunbar Warren, who was a Scotsman, a pastoralist, and he married a um, proper tribal woman, um, Nora, um, Mm -hmm. who was Reg's grandmother, Mm -hmm. and they settled at. Finner Springs, and that was during the time when Aboriginal people were being taken away, and um, Reg's grandfather encouraged the missionaries to set up a mission there, and that way all of that mob could stay together.
1: Okay, thanks Lynn. So do you know how the idea for this book came about?
2: Um, mm-hmm. Malcolm McKinnon went to live at um, Albury Creek, which is uh, the house on the railway line. Your railway line now doesn't run through Murray. It goes. It's further to the west. Um, but Malcolm went to live there in 1988 and became friends with a lot of Arabana people. And over the years has kept contact with them. And he's done a lot of projects, such as a um, a project on how Aboriginal people worked on the um, Commonwealth Railways. And he's done work with the Afghani people. So over the years, Malcolm and Reg have become very close and Reg could talk to Malcolm about um, some of the complexities of life in Maree because the Nine um, has gone ahead. There's a lot of contradictions about living in that area because the Nine intervenes into government processes of native title and and how Aboriginal people are going to look after their land. So, you know, they're contradictions that us on the Eastern Seaboard don't particularly have, um, whereas there, you know, the pastoralist who took your land um, is also your friend, and the mine company that desecrates your land can also employ your children. So mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of those contradictions, and Native Title introduced another set of complexities Put that set to different groups within the Arabana and within the um, whole tribal groupings of the area in competition with one another and well that's never been resolved and so the book grapples with some of these problems of how, how do you why has this situation occurred and how can it be resolved
1: I've got a review here that says the readers can expect a lot of great, not just one yarn, one big yarn, but lots of little yarns all braiding into a big net that catches and carries a staggering bulk of knowledge about old deep Australia and also about friendship. And Reg Dodd will be down in Melbourne next week, Tuesday, March 5th at Eltham Bookshop from 6.30 to 8pm. And the book will be out and available at the bookshop from then on.
2: Um, yes, they can get it at the Altham Bookshop, and I'm sure it'll be in, um, available at um, readings and other bookstores. You know, as you were saying, there were a lot of a lot of different stories, a lot of fantastic little sort of pictures of light, growing up when Reg was small. And so, but yeah, it'd be good to um, come and listen to Reg and um, to, to Malcolm in conversation.
1: Great, fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us, Lynn. And no worries. look <laughs> um, forward to seeing Reg at Eltham Bookshop. Thank Reg. you, Lavinia. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Lynn Hovey talking about Arab and a Man, Reg Dodd's new book, Talking Sideways. Melbourne listeners can go see Reg in person at Eltham Bookshop on Tuesday, March 5th from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. For the rest, we hope to bring you an interview with him very, very soon. This has been the Radioactive Show produced in the studios of 3CR on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people in Fitzroy, Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. We would like to thank the ACE Collective or Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their support. You can stream our podcast by going to 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. I'm Lavanya. Thanks for listening. And here's for a nuclear-free future. The Radioactive Show, podcast and web streamed on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. The Radioactive Show, where every bit of exposure makes you stronger. You've been
2: listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org dot org dot au